and they start choking on it like it's it's kind of shit. I think you do, only though. have somebody's filtered piss to wash it down. Yeah, you have to right. dry your mouth, which would make the whole thing way worse than the ice cream for me. Gross. Hey, pee in my mouth, and then the water you have to go and like. How many people go on saying pee in my mouth? <laughs> I'm, I'm just about to say I'm so I'm so glad oh, we have that. Boy. <laughs> hey, pee in my mouth. What is wrong with you? Welcome everyone to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we may know about the future run of that series, rate it and decide if that's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Rutherford Falls. Rutherford Falls has gone 10 episodes with one season on Peacock. Today we're going to be talking about the first episode, which was called Pilot, originally airing April 22nd, 2021. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the guys, Joe, Gordo, Ferg, and Nick. How's it going, everybody? Hey. Hello. Hello. This is not a good time for people who love statues. And before we get anything started, I just want to remind you guys, S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can go to find all the links to our social medias, where to listen to us. S1E1Pod.com. Please check it out. So, to get things started, Rutherford Falls, guys. Has anyone seen the show up until recording this episode? No. Nope. I, I don't even really think I knew it existed, honestly. Negatory. We watched the whole series when it came out. This is one of those shows that they sort of like put on the back of Peacock coming out, right? Where they were like, hey, you're going to have The Office. And hey, look, this new Andy Bernard show is going to happen. So I think we watched it that first weekend all the way through. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I had never seen it, but had meant to. So I... To, to let everyone know, I'm the one who picked this episode. I just figured it's a Michael Share show. Everything he's done, I've been a big fan of. Obviously, The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place. So now this just seemed like a slam dunk. And uh, yeah, Peacock exclusive. I think this is uh, the first oh, like Peacock exclusive we've done. It's yeah, I think so. I love everything that Michael Sure has done, but I still have zero interest in watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I hate it. I've never well, seen a, it. It I'm just looks fan. like I won't like it. I heard it gets better. I watched the beginning and it was like too silly for me, but people told me it got better. I might pick it back up. I, uh, yeah, we, we won't tangent too long on that, yeah. but I'll say <laughs> the first time I saw an episode randomly on television, it just wasn't really for me. And then the, like a year or so ago when there was nothing going on in the world at all, I decided to give another shot just because I kind of trusted the creative minds behind it. And I ended up binging the whole entire series in like a week. It was like an insane amount of episodes in a little bit amount of time. But yeah, we'll get into Rutherford Falls. And I'm sure uh, we'll cover that eventually too. Oh, a hundred percent. We're going to cover that eventually. Yeah, that's definitely on the list. So uh, yeah, to start things right away, uh, the show starts with this like close up of the of a face of a statue, and it slowly pans out, and it reveals uh, like the whole statue, and it's just kind of just sitting there. And you're just looking at the statue. Boom, a car runs straight into it. And you kind of see that the, the statue in itself is just kind of in the middle of the road. And that and that's just how things start. There's, there's really no context behind it at this time. I do love that the cop is so used to explaining the situation. When the lady's screaming about it, she's like, it's dumb. He just goes, yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because. Um, reactionary. Yeah, because after the crash, yeah, we, we cut to, like, it's later in the day now, and now we see, like, the tow trucks there and the cop and all that, and she even asks him, like, why is there even a statue in the middle of the street? And he's like, I don't know, it's just 
kind of always been there. I love the like laziness of not having an answer for that too. Like you're a town employee. <laughs> Your entire answer is like, <laughs> I just always been like that, man. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I, I don't get that because like you said, he's a town employee, but it's very detailed as to why. And we'll get into that later when we get to it, but it's, there's a reason why it's there. Right. So if you are an employee of the town, I, chances are you're probably from there. So you should know. Yeah, I feel like anybody who even has lived there for a little while probably gets that story very quickly. Well, yeah, you know, exactly. Well, there's you know what? I'll say this. There's a reason why it's there, but there's not a reason why there's a fucking road going right into it. Uh, that's that's another part about of my... This whole stupid show. That's another part of my problem. The whole premise could have been fixed by just making the road go whoop around. Yeah. Well, yeah, well yeah, we could just have a rotary or like, you know, yeah, a fork in the road. Right. No, 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 no. My problem with the whole logistics of it is there's like a park. Right across the street, just extend the park. Right. To I mean, where's, where's, yeah. the, where's the road going to go? Little, well, but it was just like a road that's going, kind of like an L. Roads. I, I want to go back a second, though, to what you guys were saying <laughs> about how you live in the town. You live in the town, so therefore you should know. But I'll say this. The town we all grew up in, right? There is a statue that is right next to the police station. Can any of you tell me what it is and why it's there? That it's is in Winthrop. No, it's not. Greg that is the Spanish-American War veterans uh, statue. Okay. It is. Fucking yep. nerd. <laughs> so I, I'll be honest. I didn't know that. Gordo, you did. Nick, you were aware of that? I didn't know it. I, 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 didn't, I, don't even I know wouldn't have been able to like. tell you, but now right. that he said it, I I know it's it, yeah. there, but yeah. I literally I have no clue. So I was going to say, like. it's down the street from where I live, and I'll say this. Uh, just to defend the point from earlier, one out of five of us knew what statue that was and why it's there, and that's in our town. It's been well, there our whole life. Well, isn't there also a big statue in that little square thing across from the library next to the police station? Like, there's like a little triangle a- there. We're it's talking about. Isn't that like pillars? Oh, I thought you were talking about the big one on like the library lawn. No, no, the one like no. in its own little island near the police yeah, station. Yeah, okay, all right. What's the one on the library lawn? Uh, no this, idea. It's, it's huge, huge isn't it? It's like, it's got like Is concrete. Is that a World War II? I it's like stone walls. So, yeah. and, let's, and, and let's not bore the people listening but too much about that. though, if that was in the center of the street and cars were hitting it about four or five times a week, you'd know what, what that was. That's right. true. Right. But also, <laughs> just change the road layout. Like, the thing can be there, but they have civil engineers who yeah, design make a little rotary roads. around it. Like, yeah. you don't need to go straight into well, it. Listen, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of suspended disbelief here. It's television, but yes, there there are very simple fixes to Suspension this. Suspension of disbelief <laughs> only goes so far with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a big thing. But um, I will say, I'm not going to say their name on this, but somebody that we know who is as dumb as a box of rocks is a engineer who designs roads. And this makes sense when I think of it that way. <laughs> so from the scene, we go right into the intro, right? Where it's just kind of like this uh, upbeat music and, I don't know, just very simple, almost, I don't know, almost like Flash style type of cartoons. Um, and it's just like showing you the it's town. It's a jaunty of, little jingle. Yeah, it's uh, the town of Rutherford Falls. You're kind of seeing like a little bit of the history in modern day and just that it's, I don't know, a simple town. But it's all done in like light, very easy cartoon form. Um, not much to it. I thought it was fine for this type of show. It was kind of that weird modern computer cartoony, though, that always throws me off. Yeah, like I said, it kind of gave me a Flash vibe, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not an, <laughs> I'm not an animator. I couldn't tell you exactly um, what was done there, but yeah, it's, I don't know, it's simple and upbeat, and just kind of intros like, you to the town. I like the chickens in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the chickens. In the, Please uh, write a Yelp review to that uh, to that end. Five stars. I liked the chickens. 
<laughs> Green light for the chickens. Yeah. So uh, fuck this show. Those chickens, though. And then uh, as soon as the intro is done, we cut to a man delivering a speech, right? And that man is played by Ed Helms. So obviously, Ed Helms is in a million things now. I think. For me, will always be best remembered from The Office playing Andy Bernard, but obviously the Hangover Mr. movies. Mr. Andrew Bernard. Uh, just call him Drew. He's Andrew. going by Drew now. <laughs> Andy. And then, I don't know. It, I, I would assume I would assume those two things are the, are the big ones, but would you guys say there's anything else that really stands out as like his big roles? No, I always I think, think of Cedar Rapids and um, Cedar Ra- yeah. The Goods. It's weird to be in Cedar Rapids. Bad guy in The Goods. Cedar Rapids and Rutherford Falls is are way too similar. <laughs> I was thinking that. It seems weird that, they, that they're both like Midwestern town named themed things. Yeah. Would this show be different or possibly better or worse if it was just a TV adaptation of Rutherford of uh, Cedar Rapids? Because then we'd get Sigourney Weaver. That. <laughs> and Kurtwood Smith. And the Ronimal. <laughs> the Ronimal is fantastic. I've actually right. never seen it. Everybody's assignment later is to oh, just go watch Cedar Rapids. That's and a great movie. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out if I ever find two hours in my life where I can dedicate to watching a movie again. That's one of those movies that once you see it, like you'll quote it all the time. Like, yeah, it gets stuck in there. So I want to go over the speech that he tells him. So bear with me. I'm going to do my best to read this. He says, years ago, brave settlers landed in a new world. They cleared dense forests, survived unforgiven winters, and befriended their Native American counterparts. All in the service of founding the very town in which you're standing right now. I'm Nathan Rutherford, and it is my distinct honor to introduce you to some of the men and women. But before I do that, does anyone have to go potty? And uh, and yeah, so that's when we reveal that this speech is being delivered to a bunch of children, like on a school trip. I would say maybe, I don't know, early elementary school age, right around there. Yeah, 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 right around there. It's like eight-ish, maybe. That's the kind of like field trip Winthrop would have taken us to. Too. <laughs> well, I was thinking Pretty about sure that. We've been on that field trip. Before. I was trying to think like Salem, Salem Witch House is the equivalent. Like, yeah, and we had talked um, Wolf Hollow months ago too <laughs> when we did um when we did our thanks episode for Thanksgiving, which you can find back in the archives. Um, when we went to like Plymouth Plantation or forget what they call it now, Pot- Blood Tuxet, Rock, Pawtuxet, something. Yeah, but like those kind of historical trips and it's funny because we do have the dean winthrop house in winthrop but i don't remember i'm sure we did tours as kids but i could tell you nothing about it if i did i remember i I was in it when i was older it's the it's the oldest occupied house in the united states hey now so yeah so so i feel like there's like kind of similar notes to rutherford falls and where we grew up a little bit but i don't think they specifically say what part of the country it's in. I I, I kind of get a, get a mid, distinct Midwest, Midwest vibe. Feel. I thought I thought that it said upstate New York later Was on. It? Oh, yeah, I'm not sure. I thought that I thought that I, I heard or that, that the brother moved the to maybe. I think yeah, maybe oh, that's where maybe. the brother went. Oh, the brother oh, okay. moved to Texas, didn't he? No, because he's in the old family house. So and the sister, okay, the sister we find that. out is like working in like Manhattan or something like that. But yeah, I'm not. I don't know. And, no need to dwell on it, I guess, now. But um, from there, we go to the inside of the house where the tour is actually going on. And he does like a curtain reveal to show a picture of the statue that we saw earlier and learn that that's uh, Lawrence Rutherford, who was the founder of the town and his patriarchal ancestor. And uh, at that point, we get this like excited gasp from the teacher 
<laughs> who's like trying to excite the kids about the situation, which obviously yeah, his teacher like, is uh, his teacher is soaked over uh, Mr. Andrew Bernard through this. this season. Yeah, she's uh, she's a big fan of his. She's definitely moist, right, Joe? Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Um, she definitely, there's definitely an extended scene they cut out where she got trapped at some point in the uh, big Larry statue bending over and tried to get Andy to get her out. Yeah. <laughs> now you're um, just forcing it. She, well, anyways, <laughs> her, her name is uh, Miss Fish, and she's played by Beth Stelling. Um, she's mainly known for being a stand-up. Uh, she has a few acting roles when I looked her up. Mainly stand-up is kind of her go-to leading into this uh, role for the show. Just so you guys know, it is New York State. Okay, great. Okay. Great. When Nathan asks if anyone sees the resemblance, Miss Fish says uh, in the jaw and in the shoulders, in the chest, and probably some other places, which <laughs> it's like, uh, and he gives like a quick uncomfortable, uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I like that. This is in front of a funny. bunch of like, like eight-year-old kids. Yeah, this is one of those things where you love in shows like this where like you get a bunch of cast, right? There's a lot of characters in this. Like there are even the people who you get like two seconds of throwaway lines who work in the casino. But there's so many people that when you can throw someone for one scene and they're just super funny and then push them back out again. Like I love that like economy of time where it's like, yep, they're funny for one scene. Move on. Yeah, I would say that this show is a little different than some of the other Michael Shear shows in that it is more focused around a smaller amount of characters but every character does have like a significant part and like develops character to them. But there's like the main two people and we'll talk about the other one in a second. But uh, I, I did think that was a little different because his show is kind of known for having a more ensemble cast all the time. And this one, although they did give voices to all the characters, it's not so much um, centered around a team of people like normal. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't think you could say that the other Michael Schur shows had that ensemble in the first episode, though. I mean, if even if you look at something like, you know, The Good Place, it's definitely just, you know, Eleanor and Michael, really, I think. No, uh, I think the you, Office you starts cheating. with, you know, it's just Michael and Ryan, and I think you kind of get to poke at, you know, like Dwight and Jim for a second, but I mean, it's not the whole ensemble, so it's definitely, it's, they're, they're going to progress, I think, into an ensemble. Yeah, I just think I that think this a good one's... Point. A... I think you have a really good point with... um. Uh, the Good Place. I feel like that's a good one, right? Because half the episode is just two people. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is only episode one, so I don't have enough to go off of. But um, I did see, I, I felt like the show was centering around two a little tighter than some of the other shows. Not that he's making the same show over and over again by any means. So it's not like there's a formula there. I just, it and flagged me was a little actually, different. I think, um, I, I don't know if it was just me or somebody else. That was actually my complaint for our Parks and Rec episode, if you want to go back. You didn't get to experience the other cast members enough um which i guess is by design you can't waste too much time mm-hmm. on these people who you're gonna see eventually right right you um, only you have so many minutes adapt or not adapt you gotta establish the story first and then work into them yeah no that makes sense uh actually i really like this too because um as the tour continues we see i don't know just different shots of him showing artifacts and parts of the house but then there's the scene where he's reenacting like this possum infestation that the town suffered in 1747 or whatever. And it's like, I banish you all to hell possums. And he, his assistant has like these like two possum puppets, like in his hands that he's just kind of like reaching out towards them. And you get the slow motion, dramatic echoey, uh, audio sound, uh, reenactment of him just attacking these puppets with a sword. 
these sort of things, like these sort of field trips, like there's that like old expression, like youth is wasted on the young. You know what I mean? It's like you can't sort of have the same fun you would when you are retired or whatever. I feel like field trips and places like this are wasted on the young, right? Like this wouldn't have been anywhere near as fun at eight as it would be at 36, right? Like if we were all there together and some dude started sword fighting a possum now, we would enjoy the fuck out of that so We'd much more. Stop doing wrestling commentary. <laughs> like, my God. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. So I loved it. Comments. I thought that scene was really good. I was kind of surprised because even as I'm describing it, I felt like uh, like you guys weren't reacting in the way I was going to, because I thought it was hilarious. And I was like, oh, no one seemed to think it was as funny as I did. <laughs> no, I no, did. I, I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed it. Um, that is something I would totally do if I was in charge of telling reenactment of a great possum invasion <laughs> i was gonna say that seems like a thing that is like your bread and butter like if you came to me tomorrow and you said i've got a great idea for a new book it's called the great possum infestation of 1747 i wouldn't <laughs> bat an eye at that i'd be like awesome write it that is, that is the next gordo project i totally get it <laughs> that's that's very parks and rec like too like they had the they had the what are they raccoons that are always invading Pawnee. I think so. I think that's when Andy Samberg had his cameo, actually. <laughs> Do you feel like there may be part of this, because it's similar to Parks and Rec 2, is them maybe being like, we should tell a story that's, like, I don't want to say less shitty, because they always came around and were really good to the Native Americans, but, like, there are so many scenes in Parks and Rec where they're just like, and here's a mural of Native Americans getting slaughtered, and this show is... Kind of from a well, you know what I what I remember from Parks and Rec when it comes to that stuff though is um I forget the the character's name like the the main Native American guy who's kind of the like the head guy in the area like I, I forget tribal. his name but yeah yeah but he always kind of had like a one up on the town and like could take advantage of the fact that like the white people were basically afraid of anything he said and like when he talked about right, curses thought he and could stuff. Do magic so, and stuff yeah so yeah so even though there was all that like he was always the one that kind of had the upper hand over everyone else in the situations. And uh, this is also when we find out that Lawrence, the statue, he had brokered Big a Larry. uniquely f- Big Larry uh, brokered a uniquely fair and honest deal, as uh, Nathan said, with the with their neighbors, the Minishanka, and that was what established the uh, the town that they now have today. And uh, as that happens, he's showing like everyone the framed document um, of like where the terms of the deal were laid out and. I don't know, I felt like that would come into play later, perhaps. Um, it uh, to you know to get into it, it doesn't really in this specific episode anything that's in that specific glass case. But I kind of got the vibe that it would come into play later. I, I don't know if it does or doesn't. Yeah, they give it its its own moment where you pay attention to it more than something they sort of just toss off. I have a feeling that it's foreshadowing something later on in the series, but I'm not sure because again, I I haven't watched this. Up until about a half hour ago, I haven't seen the show, period. So I couldn't tell you. Right. Without saying anything more, because I've seen the show before, I'm like the only one who's seen the whole way through, this whole episode is filled with, like, I don't want to call them Easter eggs because that's not what it is, but, like, they, I guess, seeds. They put stuff down for you to go back to later. Yeah, and um, one of the things that he does mention, uh, as far as the terms go, is that to honor the exact location that the deal was made, um, that's why there's that statue in the middle of the road there it's it has to be in that specific spot because that's where the deal was actually made i like that one of the kids asked if they had made a statue of any of the minishanka to go with it he's like uh great question he's like uh bronze was really expensive at the time so uh they really only had the budget for the one that's the really just skirting the topic there because they obviously didn't make one because they didn't want to yeah it was not important 
to that's them. like that's the line he says the most where i hear him as andy bernard oh there's Bernard's a couple later on expensive it's like him explaining his like racist parents or yeah. something there was one we'll get into it later that he was andy in that specific scene and uh i'll get into it but uh yes yeah, freak is it his freak out no not specifically that like i said we'll get into it <laughs> he does encourage all the kids to visit the Minishanka Cultural Center and that his friend Regan runs. By the way, not a real Native American tribe. I looked it up. Oh, you know what? I never even thought to. <laughs> I was, I yeah, was just I didn't curious. either. I Minnetonka, either. which is strange because Minnetonka is... Uh, oh, this is the Minnetonka. Minnetonka. Okay, Minnetonka is real then. Yeah. Yeah, they probably, I wonder if there was some sort of a legality or they didn't want to, you know, be unfair to someone's namesake. So maybe they just kind of altered it. So, you know, this way, anything that they said didn't, you know, affect someone's actual history. Maybe they were just trying to be careful that way. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I do, I do know from reading about this, like I think Regan and then um, the guy who's the CEO or whatever, they're both like from different tribes, right? In real life. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're both actually Native Americans. Yes. But they're not from the same tribes. I think it's probably a way to just be like, let's just do a catch-all thing to make it easier. Right. And then speaking of, that's when we first meet uh, Regan. Uh, I believe her name's Regan Wells. And her name is uh, Jana Schmeeding. Um, I might be butchering that. I apologize if I am. J-A-N-A, Jana? I would say yeah, maybe it's Jana, Jana, Jana. I would say Jana be. maybe, but who knows. Yeah, I'm not sure, so I apologize uh, to the actress who plays Regan. And uh, she's delivering a speech of her own, and she's she starting with... apologizing to me for making me watch her. Okay. <laughs> I just, she's so boring, I can't act. And for those of you who've been tracking our show over the uh, since April, uh, you might know by now that Ferg hates all women. I don't hate women. <laughs> I hate bad actors. If you have to say every week that you don't hate women because you say that the other woman in the show is someone you don't like, then maybe there's a little bit of a trend there that you need to be aware of. I've hated several characters. You only pointed out when it's women to make me look bad. There was one exception. It was John Mulaney. There's been plenty. Okay, well, we'll get into that later. If you, but um, in any event, this is when um, Regan starts with her speech saying, the history of indigenous people is the greatest story never told. But uh, as we pan out, we see that she's actually just practicing a pitch for a uh, museum expansion. She's not actually telling a speech to other people like Nathan was earlier. No one's in this cultural center, and it just kind of looks like a jewelry store with no jewelry in it. Like they're starting a new store, and they forgot to put all the product in. It looks like an airport stall. Like when you're so deep in the airport that you're past security, you know, and then like they're like, oh, this is the Vuitton store or whatever. But it's like, you know, a closet. Yes. Yeah. I mean, reminded me of Square One Mall. If you go there now and there's all these hippie stores and like (laughs) they don't have any merchandise in them whatsoever. Yep. (laughs) It is such a weird thing that that's what happened. Like malls died and now the big stores just sell rugs at a discount. Yeah. And all the little stores just sell used books or hippie shit. Like, what a weird decline. <laughs> yeah, and they have, like, those weird stores that sell, like, fountains and swords. And yeah. <laughs> it's just... Oh, those stores could... also sell uh, Zippos, knives, and framed photos of Michael Jackson. So, so <laughs> yeah. everything's just become Building 19. It really <laughs> has, yeah. Listen, you guys are describing my new business. <laughs> I frame Michael Jackson, sword, knives, catch-all, <laughs> stall inside of the... Uh, Inside of the mall, Michael's we'll, Michael Jackson's. Yeah, we'll we'll be sure to plug that once you uh once you set up your grand opening. 
No. I feel like rent is so cheap in malls now. It would make sense. It would probably be cheap enough for us to get a tiny store in the mall and just broadcast live out of it once a month. You know what's kind of funny is that's why the, all these malls are empty. To, to not get into too big of a tangent, they still charge so much for rent that they've priced out all these small businesses. And then they would rather like have all the stores be empty than come down on their prices to keep the mall full and, I, I don't and actually get it. operate. They, they priced out the Disney store, but a little mom and pop like hippie store can go where the Disney store was. Yeah, how does I, that I, work? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> do you guys like? Do you miss these malls? Because I kind of don't. I, I, I do kind of do. I, mean, I do. I, but I mean, I like you go the to browsing. these malls too for like you know Christmas time. They're still they still feel like the mall. All the staples are still there. I mean, the stores that leave these malls are, like, the stores that go out of business globally, right? Like, so you have, like, your Sears and stuff like that that go out, but they, they're they gone everywhere now, right? So you still have all the main ones, and um, no, I, I feel would like say, every mall now is half full. Hit, yeah, I would say the biggest hits these malls take is the food courts. The food courts just die instantly. But how come every mall now has three different stores that only sell regional sports team? things yeah but there's one on every floor it's like oh you didn't have the david ortiz jersey i wanted i'll check on floor two and if they don't have one i'll check the same store on floor three like why is that apparently the only successful store that can succeed in a mall so they They all the pretzel places are always got lines (laughs) like you know it's always busy those sports stores i always like go in them thinking like oh like when it's christmas or birthdays i'm always like i could probably find some shit my dad would like here but all that stuff is so expensive and all it is oh, yeah, is like it's like a piece of Jose Canseco's jersey in the frame. Uh, with something like bucks. that would be invaluable. He would, he would, would buy that yeah. in a second. I, so, I, yeah, would pay I know anything. that you love the uh, the Bash Brothers, but um, no, it's always like those um, fake Abbey Road with sports players oh, photos. I was just <laughs> like, going to say, Abbey where Road else Simpsons are you going to get? One, yeah. Where else are you going to get uh, Bill Belichick crossing the Delaware with yeah. uh, Tom Brady <laughs> and, <you're> like, and <laughs> company? And you're like, why is this $150? Like, who's so buying some guy, this? Some guy printed Gordo, that you just nailed the essence of those stores so fucking perfectly. <laughs> Bill Belichick crossing the Delaware is the most one of those store things They're I can ever always, think of. They always have the that same print on like uh, a throw rug on um, a t-shirt, on a hat, and like anything else that you want that specific print on, you can get it. Like chin sign, whatever, you name it. Like that's what these stores are. And then like you said, the the Abbey Road one. So yeah, and also like as <laughs> to go back to the actual store itself, it pans across and you find out that the cultural center is actually just inside of a casino. Which I still have never been inside of before. You've never been inside of a casino before? Never gone to a casino huh. before. I've played take, slot machines. We're taking a trip. Like, really? We got go yeah, to I would love to. So I always wanted to smoke. go to one. They opened the one in Boston. Can't smoke in I got really excited anymore. for it. And then pandemic no. happened and I didn't want to go in it. The Boston one sucks anyway. You don't want to go to that one. Yeah, it's not phenomenal. But, well, that's, I've heard it's bad, yeah. You're better off going to Foxwoods for the full experience. I can guarantee you this is conversation that no one will find interesting as they listen to. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can all go to uh foxwoods and maybe we can live stream it and or somebody can join us if they are in the connecticut area uh, yeah i'm sure what, people would love that greet? <laughs> yeah at, at the, at the yeah, we want the one psycho machine. from connecticut who listens to show at the casino to see us. i don't think so <laughs> We'll get to go do a meet and greet over at the Slingo lot slot machine while Gordo's sucking back 
I heard you guys would be giving away stickers. But anyways, to close out, well, maybe they'll have the they'll be the only one of us who has enough money to bail Gordo out of jail for whatever he ends up doing to get himself in <laughs> casino jail that day. <laughs> you can't mess around with tribal law. But it, but anyways, just to uh, to close out her little speech, <laughs> she's trying to find a, a nice line, and, and she is about to say "winner, winner, cultural center." <laughs> that she's like, oh, <laughs> she's like, she realizes the fault in even attempting to use that as a line, and uh, so she starts texting Nathan and asking him if uh, they can meet up so she can do like another run through of her pitch. And as she's doing that, a couple of people walk into the cultural center, thinking that it's just a store because it looks just like a store. Uh, one is this like old guy who said he won 800 bucks and he wants to get something for his wife. And the other is like this, I don't know, about 50 year old woman who's just looking for shot glasses. I love the idea of being drunk and looking for shot glasses that you can't use at the moment. Like, I don't know why that seems like buying something after the fact, you know, it's like eating cereal, finishing it, and then buying milk. It's like, what are you doing? You don't need the shot glass now. You're already wasted. Cause that's like the like short vacation present. You, if you go on a road trip, you bring someone home a shot glass. That's true. I've got plenty of ones that say stuff from all different places or whatever yeah i have a shot glass collection because yeah they are easy it's one of those things that wherever you're at you know it'll be available like if you wanted to get in the habit of giving someone whatever else every time you go somewhere the odds of finding it every time like there's a point when i was younger when i would travel i'd like buy my brother like a snow globe but you're not going to find a snow globe every time you're in a gift shop or you know the beanie bears at one point they used to when beanie babies were a thing they would always have like beanie bears that were like knockoffs that would just say like you know the city on it like boston or whatever north dakota you could probably still find those at the square one mall yeah probably (laughs) it's a beanie baby crossing the delaware (laughs) (laughs) Can uh, can we photoshop ourselves um Jay, can you make a can I do, do you one mean? <laughs> uh, with us crossing the Delaware? We also need an Abbey Road one, too. <laughs> the Abbey Road one will probably make the most sense at some yeah. point. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to say I'm doing it anytime soon, but I'll I'll keep that in mind in the future. But uh, anyways, we'll get a really weird new fan base if we start yeah. posting content like that everywhere. <laughs> just us doing historical reenactments. Oh, they must be like a history podcast. Oh, no, just uh, television sitcoms. No, well, these I'm... guys are really big Patriots fans. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyways, she's trying to like prevent both of these people from touching anything. So she's just trying to like push them out of there and saying that she's going to close the um, cultural center down a little early tonight and tells them to go gamble away their 401ks. Which is, like, rude, but they're both too drunk to realize it. Uh, To get back, I do have a question about when she was texting Nathan. I didn't know that she was texting him specifically. Oh, who did... I I mean, I just assumed at that point, but obviously it was the case. Because I thought he said honey in it. Oh, I don't remember specifically. I don't remember that, though. They also do the throwback to, like... We've done a few different shows now where they show the text on the screen when they're typing. Yeah, and it's funny because yeah. like, sometimes it bothers, sometimes it doesn't. This one didn't bother me. What about no, you guys? it seems nope. to only it only really bothered me on the Big Show <laughs> the show. Big and I don't know. Show, show somehow I don't know. Did it wrong? I don't know why what they did so different that made it seem goofy. Every other time, just it's think, like this is a practical effect. This makes sense. And then there it was like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? There was so much ill will with all of us at the Big Show show that we were just picking at a scab, right? Like anything they did. Yeah, there's probably a lot angry. of it. No, no, it wasn't a bad show. Go back and watch it. The the one Big green show, from Gordo. Your boy Gordo here likes you. We all like Paul White. We've been over that, but 
That's yeah, it. We're all big a, show yeah. fans. It's a story for that another show day. Just honks. If you asked him, he'd probably tell you he doesn't like this show either. Most likely, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but uh, in any event, we cut back to Nathan's where Regan is now uh, at, and he's still like doing a presentation. I think it's still the same one, right? I think. But um, he's showing the children uh, film that he clearly made of you know himself, and he's playing Lawrence Rutherford in it, and he's dressed up the way the statue's dressed up. And he's using this, like, miniature display set to show the town. Like, he has a, a whole replica town, like, in his home or in the museum. I don't know. Does he live there? I think he does. I didn't know either. I couldn't tell they if that's never, where he lived They never now. truly say it. But, I, well, like, even when they're, like, alone together, I think they're in, like, the basement or, like, a back room of, of the museum. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem I, like they're in the same building. I'm under the impression he lives there, but I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Joe, right, break that's the also rule. his Tell job, us. and it doesn't seem like that brings in a lot of money. He also says it's like his land too, so maybe that it, like maybe he does have ownership to. There's that probably house. like a little like side house or something that he, yeah. he says resides it's his in. land. I think he means the whole town. At some point, he definitely does. Maybe and, he's just got one of those sad little rooms <laughs> in the back with like a hot plate and a toilet, and he's like, "This is my cot," and. This is my living room. I don't use any of the modern amenities that uh, Lawrence didn't use himself and when he founded this town. Everything's copper pots. So when the video concludes, he has this uh, his intern, Bobby Yang, who's played by uh, Jesse Lee, who's um, I don't recognize Jesse from any things. I, I tried doing a little IMDb search. I didn't get a lot of information. Just uh, non-binary. I believe pronouns i i ca- i called jesse him earlier which i apologize is incorrect uh i believe it's he's there they, it's a they them they them situation i think yeah. they were in superstore for an episode for a episode because that, that was the only i tried doing a like an yeah. imdb search and th- there's just not a lot of credits there but i, just, not, I, just, very I funny love that character though because they're just so invested in everything yeah but they shouldn't be. They should be the right. kind of person that's like, this sucks. Yeah, you would think someone <laughs> like that would be like not in line with someone like Nathan at all. But he's just, just he's blind just loyalty. all on board, though. <laughs> like, well, exactly. like Michael Schur shows, too, right? He's a high school intern like April is in Parks and Rec. And, and April hates wildly it. wildly different yeah. <laughs> mentalities for that position. But uh, I did like this because when it concludes Bobby Yang... Mm. Um, Hands all the kids astronaut ice cream, which we did talk about in one of the we other have episodes. Talked about, yeah. Because was it Gordo that didn't know that that was a thing? Yeah. But this one's you were different. You thinking about Dippin' Dots. Yeah, this one is, is yes. a different yeah. uh, astronaut ice cream from the original one that we had as kids. Yeah, this, this one is like a dry ice cream sandwich. Exactly. It's still like Neapolitan style, but it's, um, yeah, it's an ice cream sandwich where ours were just basically dry sponges <laughs> that they, we they still got the description right though it exactly like it's shocked. the same stuff yeah <laughs> was, she's gagging on it like not just choking but gagging Been that there, is the done most that. accurate description <laughs> my favorite part about this is she's trying to look sexy right while eating this you and know what? she's she... succeeding because she does it for me yeah she it was, i <laughs> as she's doing it though yeah she's like bravo nathan you've made history come alive and you awaken things in me and the students different awakenings <laughs> so um but uh yeah that's when she, she goes to bite that astronaut ice cream and she's just choking on it she's trying to do the uh like the the liquor lips and look sexy thing but she's choking on the uh on i the, mean uh, yeah i mean Gordon, you haven't had it it th- those are so dry you have no idea how dry they are 
Like, I don't think you could actually lick your lips because those things make your entire body devoid of moisture. But they yeah. also don't taste bad. They don't, but they're so dry. <laughs> it is it is ice cream that was to be enjoyed when you were in space. either in war or in space. You know what I mean? Like situations where you don't have a lot of options. It's almost like failed cotton candy. Like they were yeah. trying to make it and they <laughs> fucked up somehow. Yeah. Failed cotton candy. New band name called it. <laughs> someone made yeah, someone made uh cotton candy and they're like, I wonder if we could turn this into beef jerky. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if we can make this fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, can, sure. Can you imagine being an astronaut, getting all the way up to space, living your dream, and then you're like, you know, I'm gonna go have myself some of that ice cream. And then they're floating through space, eating that nasty shit, and they start choking on it. Like, that's that's kind of shit. I think you only though. have somebody's filtered piss to wash it down. <laughs> yeah, to dry right. your mouth, which would make the whole thing way worse than the ice cream for me. Gross. Hey, pee in my mouth, and then the water. You have to go and like. I'm gonna go on saying pee in my mouth. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm so I'm so glad oh, we have that. Oh boy, <laughs> hey, pee in my mouth. What is wrong with you? You can get a bunch of oh, I love space the out-of-context clips. <laughs> I like <laughs> Gordo's realization of what he just said. <laughs> oh. I was saying, you can get a bunch of space ice cream from Walmart for $22.95. Oh, I thought oh, you pissing your mouth in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, so after that ice cream scene, we get um, Regan and Nathan in the hallway, and they're walking. She's like, man, you really got to ask Miss Fish out before she dies trying to drop a hint. And he's like, no, that's not going to happen. And she's like, why not? He's like, I don't know. She doesn't get it. And that's like a big thing with him is you either get it or you don't get it. Is that your Andy moment? No, no, no. Actually, it isn't. I'm going to keep guessing. I was going to say, I love that it's bothering you, though. (laughs) And um, so then um, she's like, well, okay, so who gets it? And then um, he gives a list. And the list is um, an interesting one because he says you talking to Regan, uh, Tom Petty. Missy Elliott, Nelson Mandela, Cheech Marin, the Dollies, Parton Jay-Z, and Tupac Llama. and Biggie. <laughs> Polly. Uh, Parton and the Llama. <laughs> the Dollies. Uh, Ferg, one of your favorites, uh, Takawatiti. <laughs> he even said it like me. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, her uncle Ernie. <laughs> so uh, th- these are the people that in his mind get it. You know, they just they just get it. And a lot of people who will end up on shows we cover. Missy Elliott? What sitcom has the Dalai Lama appeared on? <laughs> I said a lot of, not all of them. <laughs> Clone High. <laughs> but we will get Cheech Marin. We will get, we've pretty much already gotten Taka because of producing. Yeah. I mean, li- li- listen, we'll yeah, get through some of them. we the shadows, yeah. 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 Nelson Mandela is hilarious. Tom Petty, because we will do King of the Hill. <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so now we cut to his basement workshop area. We kind of talked about that earlier. I'm assuming it's the basement level of this historical museum. And um, Regan's looking over all the signage that Nathan made for her, which um, I, we find out later is for her presentation that she was practicing when she was by herself earlier. And then she tells him he doesn't need to be doing all this for her because, you know, he has to prep for Founder's Day, which usually causes him to like lose his hair. But he acknowledges how important this is to her, and, and she it says, always "Grows back." And it does always grow back. She says that she should just cancel, and that's when he's like, 
Regan Blanchard Wells. And she goes, Nathan Collins Rutherford. So I think at this point we're establishing how close these two are. And they mention like, he mentions that it's been her dream since fourth grade. So are we to assume they're the same age? I would, I would say yeah, so. Been... She the... seems younger, but I guess I could see it. Yeah, it's possible. But like the eye test tells me that like she's a bit younger. And I'll say this because at this point I tried looking it up. Good luck finding out how old she is. I mean, Andy was Why? way older than Aaron. It's like not available information. What was her I name again? Sad <laughs> <laughs> to say it again. Yeah, I didn't know it. Yeah, I didn't know it the first time. It was Jana or Yana Schmieding. Schmieding. Sure. Schmieding. Yeah. Robert Schmeigel. <laughs> From Saturday Night Live. Yes. But yeah, in any event. Um, so he tells her to do the presentation for him and uh, does an impersonation of Terry Thomas, who's um, the guy who runs the casino. His impersonation is, I run the casino, I'm scary, and loom large in your life. You've had stress dreams about me in which we're Chuck E. Cheese and you haven't won any tickets. Which uh, apparently is a dream that she told him in confidence. And he goes, yeah, I know, I just love that story. And again, it was like, that was um, that was a little bit of an Andy, the way he delivered that line when he said that he just loved that story. But not the one I was referring to. And this is where they get a little flirty, too. I wasn't sure. I thought about that at one point. I couldn't tell if they had a flirty relationship or if they're no, just they're that just besties. That's. I feel like at this scene, though, this scene particularly felt flirty. Not always, but in this scene, I got it. I think any show where you're just meeting the characters and you're seeing that this is clearly the male and female lead and that they have a strong relationship, there's obviously that thought in your head, like, is this going to lead to something, right? And we've talked about that in past episodes I guess in this particular case, I never saw the two of them as potentially romantic. But you did in this point, and what about the rest of you guys? Did you get that vibe that maybe the two of them I, would end up? Sort I of. Started getting the idea. No, but it's because of what we talked about a little while ago. Their age gap looks big to me, and I know maybe it's not written that way, but because that's how I see it, I don't see like romance between them. Yeah, I, My, guess that, I guess that doesn't matter. I guess a young person can date an old person, but that's true. My <laughs> problem actually comes at the end of I get into it with the green light and cancel, but the the I didn't think so, but something ruined that for me. And then as I saw it, it kind of made me think throughout the whole show mm. and reevaluate their relationship. And then um, when she starts to do the presentation to him, she starts with that same line of um, the history of indigenous people is the greatest story never told. And as she's going to go and continue on, Nathan's phone rings and it's uh, Corbin Hayes from the Daily Star. And he answers like, hey, Purple Hayes. And he starts doing air guitar. And uh, you can kind of tell they, they cut to Corbin's reaction. And it's not the first time he's heard this. And I don't think it's the first time he's heard this from Nathan because he looks a little annoyed, but. And uh, you actually also get Regan kind of rocking out too, though, while he's doing it. So they're very on the same page, I guess. There, yeah, they're in sync. No, uh, no, it's Jimi Hendrix, not in sync. It's Michael Hayes, not Purple Hayes. Oh, what what would you have done if he's like, hey, and he just starts Bad singing "Bastard USA"? USA. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> would. I would have gotten very excited. I got excited a little later. Uh, this is not a spoiler or anything, but they do play Uncontrollable Urge by Devo, and I was very excited. I wanna, we'll get into that in a little okay. bit, too, because I got a note on that one. And um, so anyways, um, Corbin wants a quote from Nathan in response to Mayor Chisholm Hall's decision to move Big Larry, which 
Nathan had no idea about. So it immediately cuts to a scene of Nathan and Bobby storming into the mayor's office. And he's like, you can't move Big Larry. And, um, and he says, the town charter is very clear. You have to commemorate the exact spot where the town was founded. That's history, Deidre. Uh, you can't change history unless you got a time machine. And then Bobby says, and you don't, because if you did, you'd go back in time and tell yourself to not buy that blazer. Uh, this Immediately goes- sold on Bobby. Yeah. Right? I was sold on him. From the the puppets part on, like, yeah, Bobby's very like true, yeah. bitchy to the to the mayor, and and she like when he's, I'm sorry, when they say that, um, the mayor's like looking at her blazer now, like questioning her style decisions. So that that line did cut deep, <laughs> and uh, the mayor's played by uh, Dana L. Wilson, and I looked her up. She was in a bunch of stuff. I guess the most notable thing you would have, uh, I didn't watch Dexter, but I guess she was in a good amount of episodes of Dexter. Wait, what? The mayor. I think she's only in the new Dexter, though. I would know. No, because I just watched that. I don't remember her. I haven't seen the new one. I didn't remember her from Dexter, but she may have been for a short story. I haven't seen it since it was on TV. What did you say her name was? Dana L. Wilson. But yeah, she uh, tells him that it's a public safety issue at this point, and it's uh, the fifth time someone's crashed into the statue since she's become mayor. But my only issue with that line was, I have no idea how long she's been mayor. So if she's been mayor for 10 years, that's not terrible. If she's been mayor for two months, then, yeah, that's a little bit heavy. Yeah. yeah, That's a very good point, yeah. The amount of time versus the amount of time is kind of important in that equation. Yeah, we're not getting a lot there. And then uh, as he continues to go back and forth with her, she reminds him that this isn't a good time for people who love statues, as, uh, Joe, you said at the top of the episode. And he's uh, he gives a very nervous, what? Like, he, he knows what she's getting at, and... He's like, no, that's not the kind of statue we have here. Lawrence Rutherford was a hero. He brought people together. It, um, what do you guys think of that line? I thought that was very timely to put something like that in an episode. I think it was a really stupid line to put in the episode for Joe's reasoning of like when they talk about Amazon, uh, when they talk about like Instagram and stuff on other shows. Because if yeah. you watch the show in like fifteen years, twenty years, it instantly years, dates itself. Yeah, you right. Don't know, it's, you don't get that joke. And to be completely honest with you, it could be uh, in two or three years. It might already be a point where people forget that that was such a thing. But you could also make a reference to statues of people from that time might represent something that's not so much a great thing anymore, but not tie it to the exact moment you're in. Right. Right. There's ways of writing around that. Yeah. I guess she could have easily said something like this isn't the first time someone's, you know, protested, you know, taking a statue down of a, you know, whatever, something along those lines. That's like the equivalent of being like, but there's a dancing version of him on TikTok. And you'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like when you say modern things. Like, <laughs> it sounds so wrong coming out of my mouth whenever I say one of those words. And uh, he tells her that he respects her as someone whose family has been part of the town almost as long as his. Which he reminds him that like, and as the mayor, he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And, they get a good, like, uh, repartee back and forth. Right. And um, he says, like, you know, let's sit down here and discuss this, you know, over a roaring fire and a bottle of scotch. And then Bobby pulls his so, bottle out. <laughs> Here's the thing about this, too, because he seems really dismissive, right? But try to put yourself in his shoes. Like, put yourself in the town that's named after you, right? He's, he's rolling You're, shit. Exactly, right? So uh, <laughs> regardless of how, you know state and city governments actually work 
you probably would feel like you have uh, some sort of entitlement there, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I guess I get where he's coming from. Like, if there was the town named after me, I owned a bunch of land in it, and the land and the the mayor's trying to tell me what to do. I feel like I might yeah. be in the same position as he was. Yeah, I think what it comes down to with him, it's not like at a place of as much as it is entitlement, and he doesn't really realize that. He just deeply cares about his family's history and the importance of it, and he's trying to preserve it where, as we kind of find out, the rest of his family doesn't care as much as he does. So it's, you know, he's kind of the only one keeping all this stuff alive. Right. So my my whole thing is that the compromise that comes up later on that he accepts makes 100% sense and does everything, and I don't grasp why they just didn't do it, um, which is a problem with the show. Well, we'll, have, we'll get but. into that in a few. I mean, I think it's I think it's obvious why they don't do it, but we'll get into that in a little bit. I, I think the compromise is more work than just making the road go around it. Right. It's <laughs> well, not though. We'll have to go. I, yes. Again, we're skipping a bit ahead, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get, get into it, that. I'll, we'll I'll get explain to why it's more work when we get to that part. All right, but um. <laughs> Yeah, then um, the mayor says that, um, you know, she can accept that, you know, you being the town's mascot means that you get to be a complete pain in my ass, but uh, you have no real power. And I love that when she called him a mascot, Bobby just yells, how dare you? <laughs> Again, it's that blind <laughs> loyalty that Bobby has to Nathan. I don't know he's why a I love that character because, because of that. Like, there's something about him being so loyal to him <laughs> makes him my favorite character. Then, um... She says, well, you know, you're welcome to plead your case at the town council meeting in three months. And he goes, oh, am I welcome to do that? Am I? That was the Andy thing. That That's very Andy, yeah. yeah. That was, the, like, the, like, very awkward, like, um, when he had, when uh, him and Aaron broke up and he Oh, I am brought, just going to sit here and cry. No, not even <laughs> that one, though. The, um, when he had, like, the when ex-boyfriend the and girlfriend, yeah. yeah, when they came, he's oh, like, oh, is that right. really yeah, awkward? Yeah. Yep. Like, it was, like, that's that was the moment, like, it flagged in my memory immediately. We won't get into it. I hate how much they bastardized his character in the end of that series, though. Like, they, oh, they yeah. just, they threw that him in. That seems to be everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's like super annoying. But, uh, yeah, no. The last did, season def- was not good for Andy. No. no. they def- I definitely did get a glimpse of him, um, I would argue, a bit too often in this show. Yeah, um, and... Yeah, I mean, it's tough to not make the comparisons when it's the an and actor. And whose fault is that? Like, I mean, if I had not seen The Office, would I have felt that way? You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's right. up to the viewer. And it's tough know. when the creator of this show is one of the main producers of The Office. So you're right. already drawing comparisons. It's also created with it. him, too, though, right? So you've got two yes. people who are part of that show. Right. So I have a question, though. When she says in three months, we, we you can discuss it at the meeting. Is that is that her way of saying like, well, it's getting moved now, so there's nothing you can do about it? No, I think because I don't think it's as easy as just like grabbing a crane anyway. So like, I just think that they yeah, must it have take like these three months to even discuss moving it at that point. So yeah, yeah where okay. it's gonna go? Just slow city government movement, I guess. Yeah. I do love the gag of this too. I always laugh at when somebody brings in a bottle to try to bribe somebody and it doesn't work, and they take the bottle back. Well, I, yeah, can't I waste would it. Too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally get it. You just grab the like, fuck off. I paid, and like, I don't know if you're gonna buy a bottle of bourbon or scotch or something to somebody, you're probably spending a good amount of money on it. You're not gonna drop off a bottle of Jim Beam or something, you know? It's funny too because like he th- that 
what he suggested, the, you know, like, let's sit down by a roaring fire and discuss this over a glass of scotch is just so, like, 1800s of him. <laughs> like, he's still, he obviously lives in the now, but he is still, you know, driven by, I feel like, his, like, the way his ancestors he, did Yeah, things. he romanticizes yeah. that time Right, period. exactly, yeah, yeah. From Somebody that who lives in the now, loves whiskey, and romanticizes a time period gone by. That reminds me of yeah. somebody. <laughs> is that Joe Rutherford? Greg Rutherford. It's Greg also Rutherford? scotch. Scotch is gross. I don't like scotch. Scotch is gross. Yeah. It, within that realm, that family of um, liquor, my least favorite, I guess. Yeah, so then we uh, cut to Regan on our way to make her presentation, and she walks by a couple of the people who work at the casino who are, like, mocking her and calling her a kiss-ass, and she tells them it's nice to have support of her community. And um, actually, I'll be completely honest, I didn't really realize that she was Native American herself, like, even though it's painfully obvious, uh, it didn't really click with me until she said that to them. No, I got that that when she was rehearsing her monologue thing, is because it was always, like, the we... And stuff like that. She's including herself in those. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, it was very obvious when you look back. But for whatever reason, that was like the the light bulb moment when I actually finally realized that she was Native American herself. I mean, the the fact that she ran the Native American Senate, I should have told you. Well, (laughs) again, like I said, (laughs) it's like it was was very obvious at all times. But for whatever reason, it just – I just didn't think about it, I guess, until that moment. You just don't see color, Jay. Good for you. Yes. And, he sees uh, color in his real rabbit's foot, though. We'll get it. Listen, I don't want to repeat an argument that we had in last week's episode, but, but I'm I've I've shown. Yeah, no, we debated rabbit's feet and whether or not they're authentic or not, and there is a lot of evidence proving my point is right. No, but anyways, they're just shit. We there found evidence a lot of proving evidence. it wrong. No, there is one article that kind of says you might be right. I did more extensive research than you did, and I oh, said- Oh, you went on eBay and looked for old rabbit's feet. What did you do? You didn't do anything. I'm just I went, saying. I was at work. But anyways, we time go If you find yours, Jay, and it looks like a terrifying Stephen King foot, I'll believe it was a real yeah, rabbit's Yeah, you gotta foot. go find Aside it. Aside from that, Just it was follow plastic. the smell of your rotting fucking foot. <laughs> well, you know you have it. You don't throw away anything. Um, you know, I've gone through a lot of stuff <laughs> recently, true. and I haven't found one, so I don't know if I ever kept one of those around. But in any event, uh, we can only have so many rabbit's foot conversations, especially where it's not actually pertinent to this episode. That's so, not actually rabbit's foot. So anyways, we'll move <laughs> on. So now um, now Regan's in um, Terry Thomas's office. He's played by Michael Gray Eyes. And I was looking at his IMDb. A sexy name. Yeah. And he was in. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing last name. He was in yeah, it is. so much stuff. A couple things that I noted were uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, and he was a yep. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. But he Are was you a, afraid of the dark? Oh, I didn't even catch that one. It, he yeah, was I immediately lot. thought of Ferg. I was like, he was in Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Like, he played the shaman, but I can't remember the episode. Oh. But yeah, he was in a ton of stuff. And, Unfortunately, he was not in Mantis. Ah, uh, shucks. As she's giving her presentation, we see a pie chart of most common reasons people currently visit the cultural center. And um, I wrote them down because I did think it was a pretty good, like, for the props department, they did a good job of this one. Think that it's a gift shop, 70%. To recharge their phones, 20%. To complain that the slot machines treat them unfairly, 5%. To learn about Menashanka culture, 3%. Looking to escape out the back, 2%. It's a good breakdown right there. Killed it. Again, I thought it was pretty good of the props department. Uh, good little eye for detail there. They could have kind of skimmed it and just left the chart and not had all the uh, extra wording, but 
It's the details yeah, like I that. I appreciate the specificity. And it's details like like that that make us number one. Us right? number one? Us number one. We <laughs> us, pay attention to the details. Yeah. No, things like that that make us, the props department at Rutherford Falls, <laughs> uh, number one. But uh, yeah, as she's doing her presentation, she also apologized for getting sweaty, which happens to her when she's confident, <laughs> she says. And she also I'm tells them all the time. Yeah. She also tells them that uh, what's the purpose of all this profit if we're not going to invest back into the tribe? And he's like, we put four million towards language preservation, early childhood education and the women's shelter. Are you suggesting we cut those budgets for your project? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no. Wow. Uh, that's really cool that we do that. Uh, I like how she didn't even know that those programs existed. Yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just like a fluff piece that like from, from a corporate, you know, department. But I can't imagine it wouldn't. Oh, he was too <laughs> quick with that answer. Right. It's just <laughs> so funny that for it to be fake. Like, for a girl that's like in charge of the cultural center for the Menashanka tribe, you think she would know that like four million dollars from the casino is going to the uh, to those things annually? Yeah, I think that's the irony in the conversation. And I think it just has her like um, blinders on, right? Like she's so concentrating on her one thing that she doesn't even realize that they are doing so much around her. Right. Right. Know? Well, I mean, it's kind of um, she's kind of being blinded by uh, him too. Not him. Uh, What's his name? Nathan? Andy? Yeah. 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 Nathan. Yeah. We just call him Andy. They, well, yeah. I mean, she, he's kind of forcing the focus on a specific, you know, time and area See, and stuff they, like that. They say so. that later in the episode too, and I disagree because he equally helps her. Those weren't the the charts he made for her and stuff weren't just a little bit of work. That was a lot of work went into all that stuff. Yeah, I would say like, that the the thing that really unites them is that they're equally passionate. They're on different sides of what's going on. Where his is. His family's history and hers the, is with the Menashankas. By the way, I, I stepped away for a minute, so apologies if I missed this. Did the sign-making thing at all really give you a Leslie Nope vibe? Um, she would have had a binder. Because I, yeah. I'm getting like the really like uh, like the really anal, the really... Um, I can't think of the words I'm looking for, but like she's just constantly trying to do these things. And I'm getting... What, the sign thing is what maybe because she always had sign maids on Parks and Rec, banners, so, like, and signs, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But um, she had a banner. It, I'm getting I'm getting huge Leslie Nope vibes from Nathan, and I feel like they are they, those characters are very very close to each other. I can see it when you say it. It wasn't something that occurred to me in the moment, but as you say it, I can definitely see where those comparisons would be drawn. I'd have to see a little more of them, but. I, I like like yeah, that's said. a good point. I, too, I, I yeah. could see I could see where you're getting it. And then um, anyways, he asked her to cut to the chase. Like, how much is this all going to cost? And she tells him that's going to cost six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I like that when he responds, he's like, you know, that's just too much money. And for that reason, I'm out. And she's like, is this Shark Tank? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it before she said it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad they went that way with it. Exactly. I appreciate that as someone who's just discovered Shark Tank. I know it's been around forever, but I've been binging the shit out of it. <laughs> oh, it's a personal so weird show to binge. With like 17 seasons to watch all the way through. <laughs> yeah. It's a very easy just, oh, this happens to be on TV. I can still like dick around on my phone and just have this mm -hmm. on in the background. It's like, it's great for that stuff. And then um, he does offer her a position to be part of his running lightning project, which uh, he said is his boldest initiative yet. And then he hands her like a chart, which is just like, an, I forget what that kind of chart is called, um, but it's just an arrow pointing up. This is like a projection arrow at a yeah. 90 degree yeah. angle. 
I love how simple that. That, that was my first like real like laugh in the whole episode. Yeah, that got like, me because there's no, maybe... there's not, there's not a single word on that piece of paper. It just, yeah, there's no con- context. His, his con- confidence when he shows it to her and like he doesn't say any words, but he's dead serious. Fuck it, it got me. It's very Simpsons, then, uh, like Homer Simpson drawing out a plan that's like a stick figure and then a plus sign and then a money bag. Like that's <laughs> what this basically turned into. Yeah. yeah. She declines it at first and says that the cultural center is her focus, but then also kind of transitions to like, when would I start? And he's like, when grandmother blue corn sings in that old way. And she's like, that stuff's not going to work for, on me. He's like uh, three to five years. And she's like, I'm not a white tourist. Yeah. That, that goes back to your um, parks and rec thing about the, the chief there. How, <laughs> Yeah, can yes. manipulate the the white people. With exactly. Yes, yeah, I forgot they had that storyline too. I forgot about that. And then in the next scene, we have Nathan, who's on the phone with his brother, saying that he's in a knife fight with uh, Chisenhall, and tells him to go to the pantry where there's a crack in the molding behind the spice rack and to push on it. And that's where you see there's a secret compartment, and apparently he's hid documents all over the house, and they're in locations on a need to know basis. That house is nice, but it's, like, too old and too dark where I don't think I could live there and be comfortable. Yeah, it's. I feel like you get, like, um, you get like the like the Munsters vibe from it almost. Like, it's just old and rickety. It, the it Brothers is, House like, or where Nathan lives? The Brothers the House. Brothers house. Really? Brothers. I didn't like, get yeah, enough of like the Brothers the dining room. It feels like light can't penetrate it. Exactly. Yeah, everything it has like secret this... panels. It's the coolest thing ever. Oh, I yeah. agree. I would live in this <laughs> house, like, but I'm just saying, like, it's not probably my preferred. I, it's weird. I didn't like think much of the house, and I don't think I got a good enough look of it to really think about it. I mean, you see the dining room that his, his brother's kids are in, yeah. and they're yelling at him for swearing, and it's just like this huge, like, vaulted ceiling, mahogany walled, like, the, like it's very obvious that yeah. he's just living there. You know, like he didn't pick this house to live in. And, uh, yeah, because you mentioned that uh, the kids are yelling at him for swearing because after he grabs his file, he says, listen, if you're going to pull this some national treasure shit in my kitchen, I need to know. And uh, that's when they're like, dad, no swearing. And um, so then he tells his brother that they're trying to move Big Lair. He, and he's kind of like, oh, was there another accident? He's like, that's not important. And uh, his brother does. Uh, that's that's what he calls him, does, D-U-Z. But he's actually the act, uh, the namesake of Lawrence. So he's actually Lawrence Rutherford, the whatever. But I guess they just call him Does. And um, anyways, he was bro- in Masters of Sex for a while. I don't know if you guys ever watched that show. Masters of Sex? Yeah, it's uh, Lizzie Kaplan, who is in like Mean Girls. And um, God, well, I can't think of the name of the show where they're all waiters. It's hilarious. Party Down. Oh, right. Okay. There was like a Showtime show about like this doctor who was like studying sex or whatever. He was on it for a bit. Oh, I never, uh, I didn't even know that was a thing, to be completely it's honest. It's a good with show. You. It's worth watching. Maybe we'll cover it one. Is it sitcom No, no. It's like a Showtime, like hour long. Oh, There's maybe we'll comedy, never cover it. It's like a sex <laughs> drama. We're not going to cover that. Nope. No sex. Uh, until we do a spinoff show. Sex a one sex, one A sex drama spinoff? Oh, come on. We need <laughs> yeah. a Patreon so badly. <laughs> yeah. So then his brother does. He, he tells Nathan that, you, you know, you've been living in this town a little too long. And I think you're starting to get tunnel vision. Nathan's like, you know, since you're my elder and you carry the namesake, I respect your opinion, so I'll, I'll do whatever you think is right. And that's when his brother's like, I think you should let them move the statue. He's like, well, I cannot do that. That was very Andy for me, by the way. Yeah, the quick reaction from him. The absolutely. quick reaction and the disagreement, it just it, it just felt very Andy. That's yeah. him punching the wall and going, that was an overreaction. <laughs> like That's yeah. what that was right there. Also, you know it kills Nathan that the brother is named after... <laughs> Oh, for sure, yeah. probably. Which yeah, is also another Bernard issue because his yep. brother, who was played by, um, 
uh, uh, Josh Groban, Groban yeah. Yeah, <laughs> was the real uh, junior, even though they named Andy that first. Yeah, even though Nathan, um, Nathan, even though Andy was the junior originally, and then they yeah. just thought that his brother had the uh, more embodied the namesake. Was it Walter? I think it was Walter. Yeah. Yeah. No more shows with office characters. This is too confusing. Well, I know. you know what? Yeah. Well, well, you know what though? I think we keep comparing him to Andy all the time, but I think what we have to realize is that maybe it's just that's Ed Helms. That's just Ed Helms. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, I think noti- when you, I'm noticing when you a trend at, now with a lot of these actors. Yeah, I mean that happens. You know, especially when you're in like more sitcomy roles and not super dramas and stuff like that, where you're playing a completely wild character. You know, he's playing Nathan Rutherford and Andy Bernard. He's not playing. Abraham Lincoln, you know, so you're creating these characters from yourself a little bit when you do that stuff. Those are all Can we remake Gabe that plays, movie without Daniel Day-Lewis and have Gabe him play Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln? I would love that. Wasn't he Abraham Lincoln in that movie? Daniel Day-Lewis? He actually played Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I said we should remake yeah. it and replace the Daniel oh, Day-Lewis scenes oh, with Ed Helms. Oh, oh, I completely missed what you said. I thought you said we should get Daniel Day-Lewis to play Abraham Lincoln. (laughs) He'd be a great Lincoln. (laughs) I'd rather watch uh, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. What about Ed Helms, Vampire Hunter? Why can't we split the difference? Yeah. Watch that. We'll call Ed Helms. But yeah, uh, so now in the next scene, we have Nathan and Regan are sitting uh, at a bar together, and they're both venting about their respective issues, both feeling like their dreams are pretty much dead. And Nathan tells her that she didn't receive a full no, so her dreams aren't dead. They're more like in a coma, which she's like, it's somehow worse. And they. Those g- lamps that are in that bar, I forget what they're like. Well, I don't know what they're called, that kind of lamp, but they just bring me to like a weird, happy place. Those like glass bar lamps that are usually. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. the stained glass lamps, like the yeah. Tiffany lamps. Tiffany lamps, is that what they're called? Yeah. I think so. Like the ones with the, the, the yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tiffany I was lamps. distracted this whole scene, just staring at them, being like, "I just want to be in a room illuminated by that." It's fucking just so brick Tamlin. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't fucking didn't pick up on that. And uh, so they continue to try to boost each other's spirits. And Nathan reminds Regan that they've both dreamed of owning a museum together since they were both kids. And she adds, "Yeah." And by the time I had gotten back from two masters and come home, you had a museum. He's like, "And you will too." You know, I think Nathan inherently is a nice guy, but he doesn't know how, like, entitled he is. Like, he's blind to it. Yeah, and this is also the scene, too, where I figured that they were going to be a romantic couple at some point. This is where you can kind of see that. See, I didn't really get that vibe there. I think, if if anything, I thought that line really shows the divide between the two of them. And it wasn't even done in, like, a very serious way, but she does mention, like, listen— you know, this was our dream together, and then I went and I got two masters and came back, and you were just handed one because of your last name. Well, how entitled is she that she went out and just gloating about her two masters? Well, she I mean, earned. She those. probably <laughs> went to college for free. I'm, I depending on uh, what tribe she's in, that might be the case. I guess uh, you do get or what college? I guess yeah, it depends where you I go. I feel like we're treading in a in a pool. Yeah, I don't know. A I don't bad <laughs> thing. No, it's not. I don't know enough about the situation. Don't make faces at me like I said yeah. something racist. <laughs> no, it just seems no, like there are. Like, yeah, there are on a borderline. No, there here. are programs for Native American stuff. I don't know enough about them to speak on behalf of it, but um, yeah, there are things like that that exist. And uh, so they both go over their plans, and he says that he's going to get this town on his side and fight for his family's legacy, and she says she's going to wait three to five years for Terry to launch a project that she didn't t- that he didn't totally specify. And he's like, oh, playing the long game, smart. 
In the meantime, can you help me do my thing? They an extension to his thing. If they add an extension to the already existing museum, then she can have her museum. Well, I don't think his... They're separate things. I guess he... It's like when they talked about why didn't they make a statue for the Menachonka. Like, he acknowledges that it's the right thing to do, but he's really more it's concerned about the Rutherfords. not what they the want, yeah. yeah. Copper's not expensive anymore. Or brass, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so now we cut to this montage of Nathan with Regan's help talking to people in the town, writing articles, doing interviews, basically creating a narrative for the whole town that it's it's an us-against-them type of thing with the statue moving. And then the song playing during it is Uncontrollable Urge by Devo, like Joe mentioned earlier. And I even wrote in my notes, sorry, Joe, because I can't hear this song anymore without thinking of Ridiculousness on MTV, which is uh, a show that you might not be aware even exists. No idea what that is. So basically, Rob Deerdick, do you I know who he is? Rob Deerdick. Do you know who Rob Deerdick is? Yeah, he's a skateboarder, and then he had yeah. Robin Big and uh, Fantasy Factory and all these shows on MTV. He basically cool. hosts his own America's Funniest Home Videos now. And the it's wannabe on, Tosh.0. Yeah, and it's on MTV 90% of the I'd time. I'd watch Rob Deerdeck before Tosh.0 any day, by the way. I'm well, not on that no same way. train. I, I can't stand Daniel Tosh. I, but yeah, he's so, insufferable. So not to get into a giant debate, yeah, I find Rob Deerdeck to be a little insufferable. So because Me that too. song is the theme song to his America's Funniest Home Videos of sorts. Oh, that's when, a bummer. When I hear the song, I go, ugh. <laughs> so I, I couldn't take it's it for it. It is a good song, but it's ruined. How come you're not wearing your hat, Joe? You mean my energy dome? Yeah, it's yeah, not a hat, Ferg. <laughs> Illusion, Dad. Of course it's right next to him, too. He's going to get it. You can talk about Devo and not have a Devo expert wear his energy dome. It is true. I mean, if you, for those of you who are familiar with our logo, there we go. I, Joe's cartoon in the in the logo we use he's wearing the devo energy dome so it's only appropriate that in a show that actually uses a devo song that joe does wear it for a moment i also knocked over so many things getting this (laughs) off my shelf do you find when you wear it that there's an influx of energy going into your dome I do, yeah. It really goes back into the medulla oblongata. Oh, perfect. <laughs> is there any science behind that the energy the dome? rage. Are you angry? There's like fake science that they created. Okay, but they There's did like create mythical... some sort of lore for it. That's all right. I didn't because yeah, I don't know. They have like a lore it, for yeah. it that it does a thing. It, like it's supposed to take the energy instead of leaving and escaping your head, that it like recycles it back in, sort of thing. Mm. But so, it's it's just like you know for lols. Right. Uh, to get back to this montage, towards the end of it, uh, we get this woman in like a cowboy hat and denim vest who's standing in front of her motorcycle, yell across the street to Nathan, who's cheering him on and saying like, yeah, let's take back our country. <laughs> and he's like excited. Uh, <laughs> that he doesn't get what's happening. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't right know there. like, yeah, where she stands on other politics, I guess I would say. And, um, you just see, um, Regan have to go take it back from who? Ew. <laughs> just I love that ew. And then uh, we get a new scene where Regan's sitting at a table at the casino buffet, I assume, working on her laptop. And the two employees from earlier who had kind of given her shit are giving her shit again now uh, for helping Nathan out. And she oh, says yeah. they help each other and they tell her that it's more like Captain America and Hawkeye, where she would be Hawkeye and she's the lame <laughs> one with no powers. Ferg, this guy laugh. is great. All I was right? going to say, I-, I wanted to cut it to Ferg and see if he had any insight on this, um, where they say that it's Captain America versus Hawkeye. Hawkeye's great, but comparatively, think about it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Captain America beat the Nazis. He beat Hydra. 
Hydra Nazis. I mean, they're the same shit. That's same I mean, thing. He did punch Hitler in the face, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does he do that in the new movies? I've literally only no. ever seen the nineteen. No, in the new movies, yeah, uh, he becomes incredibly selfish and almost destroys Don't the entire universe. Start. Oh God, Jay's wrong. Joe, you remember how you've talked about how you just um, decide that you don't like things before you even give them a chance? You're doing yes. that with these. Just go watch them. No, I want to see the Captain America ones. No, I, like I, all of them. Watch them. The... You got about six months of watching. Unfortunately, you yeah. kind of have to watch the eighty thousand hours of movie. That's why I won't do it. I want to see Captain America because I, I especially heard the first one takes place like in the 40s and it's really... It's easily the worst one. I yes. liked it, but... I just don't want to watch like, like Avengers and 16 other movies I'm not other saying it's a bad first. movie. I just think it's the worst one out of them. And Winter Soldier, I think, is probably the best Marvel movie, period. Could I watch all the Captain America movies without watching all the other cinematic Not universe really. movies and get it? No. You could watch. Then it'll never. You could happen. watch Captain America. You could watch Winter Soldier. You couldn't watch Civil War and understand what's going on. The problem okay. is, and, and sorry to those of you listening, and I promise we'll get Everybody's past this real quick. We're not. We're not. Yeah. upsetting anyone. But um, the thing yeah, is, most people watch these movies. I just it, won't commit to seventy. Yeah, fucking when movies. it comes to the Captain America movies specifically, those ones most closely tie into the Avengers movie because he kind of they kind of become one and the same in a, in a way where Captain the Captain America and Avengers movies kind of become the same thing more well, so Civil War was basically an Avengers movie that yeah. they didn't call an Avengers movie but so, so like so yeah so more so than the other characters you know um but yeah, you kind of have to watch a bit of it to to get just watch the first one if you want see if you like it maybe that style of movie yeah. does it for you and you want to watch more I'll watch the first one. I'll report back. But yeah, to, to go back to the actual conversation, I understand what they're saying. Hawkeye, comparatively to Captain America, is not a fair, as far as e- equal in um, stature and popularity and glory and all that stuff. Did anybody else get an office thing from this too? I know that, Jay, you might have thought of this, but there's the scene where Andy is driving in the car with Michael Scott and he's making fun of Dwight. And Michael Scott just goes, Hawkman. <laughs> like all I can think of this entire scene. I didn't think of that at the time, actually. Surprise. Hawkeye doesn't need glory. He just does his job. Uh, she actually says that she's more the one with the fire circles, who I believe I she's referencing. I don't know who she meant. Does I she think she means Doctor Strange? Strange. Yeah, Doctor right. Strange. I wrote it down. I, I was like, it, she has to mean Doctor Strange. It's the only thing I can think of because he does the portals. But Yeah. <laughs> It has a fiery trail to them. I do like calling that fire circles, though. And it was enough that I got what she meant, and he's like a smart one. It all kind of lines up. And um, they tell her to have fun while Captain America takes all the glory. But Again, though, it's not one side. He helps her out, too. He pep talks her to go to the thing. Right. I don't think they see that. He supports her dream, and like the way they make it out and it gets to her... It's like that he's just selfish and she's doing everything for him. And I don't get any of that from the what we've seen so far. Yeah, I think it's because of his uh, ignorance towards his entitlement and stuff. So it's not that he's a bad guy. But like we said before, while she was off getting multiple degrees, he was just given a museum because of his namesake, things like that. There's a degree of affluence there that, I mean, I feel like you can't give him a full pass. Like there is a life outside of what he's doing. And he's just ignoring it to stay there. So, I mean, any ignorance at a certain point is his fault. Right, but I don't think his ignorance comes with any type of, like, malice, Mal- which yeah, I think no, is I the agree. important yeah. part. 
And uh, so, yeah, so it does flash to later in that night and Regan is at Nathan's house and she starts talking to him about how she thinks he should move the statue. So obviously he's a little taken back by that. And he says that this is like their history. And that's when she corrects him and says like, this isn't our history. It's your history. And that he's stirring up all this weird stuff by doing all this like door to door stuff. And that crazy Debbie's on his side who thinks Bill Gates is a lizard wearing a human suit, which shout out to Matt. (laughs) 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 And uh, I was going to say there's, it's funny because as wild of an example as that is, that's not far from what a lot of people believe. And if you're listening to our episode and follow that, thanks for listening. And I will not further delve into how I feel about that stuff. I don't judge you. I, for one, welcome our alien overlords. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically just afraid of people forgetting about his family's legacy. And he thinks if the statues moved, like that says a lot about how much people care about, you know, the history. And that's when Regan explains to him that that's how she feels about her culture every single day. Which, um, that did seem to resonate with him. He did seem to understand yeah, her point that there. that sucks. <laughs> and it's a fair point. It's oh, yeah, a, she's fair, a very point. fair point. Yeah, and I feel like it checked him a little bit. Yeah, I, don't, I yeah. think he just never really thought of it from that perspective. It didn't just check him, it wrecked him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is, um, you guys referenced it a lot earlier when you talk about the, the proposed idea. That's when she says, you know, how about we just move the statue to where the museum's at and then where the statue was before we just put a flat medallion in the road so it'll commemorate the exact spot uh, where the original deal happened. And she tells him that, you know, you can just make another video now, one that you actually get to play yourself and have it all about your decision to move the statue and how noble that was. He's like, this is simpler than building a rotary, but I still like the rotary idea better. No, I don't think that's more simple because you have to, A, move the statue now. Then you still got to tear up road with this, like, to build, like, the road to go across where the statue was. You have to put a medallion in, in the ground. It would be less work to go from where the road is and just build a small rotary going around it. This isn't the ancient Egyptians doing it, Ferg. Like, they can take a the crane Egyptians. and they can just move it. <laughs> like, it just bulldoze it and it's probably done in, like, a month. I was going to say, it's probably a few days. You move the statue and then there's like uh, a little... city workers. So it, it, it takes it, a few days to build a road. <laughs> well, you don't have thing. to build a road if you just replace the statue with a medallion. And you, you have like the, the hole in the road that you just put a big medallion in. Again, that's more work. Well, I guess we, we'll all have to agree to disagree on this one. I personally am under the belief that maybe the medallion idea is a little easier. But yeah, I mean, either way, whether it be your method or this one... There are easy solutions to make this not a problem where people drive into this all the time. Well, he can use that time machine he brought up earlier and not build the road there. I think they should just make like a Hot Wheels thing where instead of going around, you just get a big loop-de-loop that goes over the Yeah, statue. that's probably yeah. Gotta drive the easiest really of fast. all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when, uh, when she proposes the filming of a new like video where he gets to be himself, he's like, we'll film it as, at dawn as the sun is cresting over Big Larry like a halo. And his spirit will emerge. And uh, in his mind, the spirit of Lawrence will come from the statue and then shake Nathan's hand and thank him. And uh, his mind's definitely running away with him a little that's, bit. So that's very Andy again. Like, a little bit. Uh, I didn't think too much there, but I can see what you're saying. They stroking his ego and getting him excited about a project because it involves him. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like you said, th- there are very simple solutions, which is funny because like this whole show 
is based around this statue and the moving or not moving of the statue. So yes, um, there are simple fixes, but I guess if, if we did that and we, (laughs) we wouldn't have much to talk about. So I guess they have to just ignore that and go with this stuff. The statue is this, uh, shows pit. Yeah. You know what? It really is. And that's a reference to Parks and Rec for those of you who don't get it. So now we cut to Founders Day and we see some establishing shots of like carnival games and concessions and there's like a bounce house. And then Nathan takes the podium and starts to give a speech about how change is inherently Rutherfordian. It's, you know, because Lawrence Rutherford changed the the name of the town six times before he landed on what they have now. He was originally going to name it after his brother Horace. But when you say that out loud, it sounds like Horsville. So uh, with all that in mind... Uh, he's decided to change his mind too, and the statue will be moved. So this is his big speech that he's so proud of, and he thinks he's going to get out all this adulation from it. And the reaction is um, not what he expected. And that's when people are saying things like, good, can we focus on the problems that are actually important? And he's like, well, Big Larry is important, more important than the opioid crisis. He's like, uh, apples and oranges Car- apples and oranges carla yeah something about adding the person's name made that so much funnier i laughed consistently through this entire scene yeah and then uh someone that someone else uh, recommends that they refurbish him which is a reasonable idea and he was okay with that he said refurbishing not resculpting. and then some girls like screw that we should get a new statue that thing's like a billion years old what about like jenna marbles who um i thought that was a weird reference because i'm sure She's, she canceled herself she did, but I was yeah. gonna say, how many of you were even Joe? You definitely don't know who Jenna Marbles is. Gordo, do you? A fucking clue. Yeah, I know who Jenna Marbles. I was gonna say, I barely, Joe's, I barely know. I've never Joe's watched one of her videos. Wife actually introduced me to Jenna Marbles. Really? She's a YouTuber. Yeah, yeah she's like, yeah, a she's YouTuber. from here though. I've met her before too. Oh, she's from here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, no, she's from New York. She, I, uh, I'm just looking she her up now. Here. She I went to her. Suffolk though, and oh, okay. BU. Suffolk and BU. What did she get canceled for? Uh, she just crazy. decided that her older videos were too offensive, so she took them down, put on this big video of her crying, and then canceled herself and quit uh, YouTube. Oh, she yeah, I remember. Canceled, but she canceled herself. Yeah, I remember seeing something about it. Doesn't about, sound but, that bad. But I don't know her well enough. I never really watched any of her videos. But anyways, yeah, it was suggested that the statue is made of Jenna Marbles or her dog. The girl said because uh, <laughs> uh, her dog has like two thousand followers on Instagram. Marbles. I mean, you know, that is a, quite an achievement for a dog. I guess. And you know what? I would People love to have... put so much time into Instagram accounts for their pets. <laughs> I, yeah. Matilda won't let me uh, <laughs> make a Bluestagram for our cat, Blue. Good. Um, but I, when I do get... Because I will be getting a, a small dog at some point soon. Uh, Mr. Crackers is his name will be his name. Um, so I will make an Instagram for the future Mr. Crackers. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, do I feel you, like it's one of those things when you scroll through a sweet Instagram and then like they friend you and you feel obligated to follow it back or whatever and you're going through and you're like, yeah, your dog's in the snow anyway. Like It's just one of those yeah. things you're like politely like, okay. Well, Do, any, it, do it, any of you have Instagrams for your pets? No. Listen, when you get one, we can plug that on here. But in the meantime, let's plug our Instagram, which is S1E1Pod. So be sure to go there and follow us on Instagram. But yeah, uh, moving on. And that's when, like, now he's starting to get a little nervous. Nathan's like, people, we're not going to move Big Larry. That um, I'm sorry. He says, moving Big Larry is what's on the table, not replacing him. 
Uh, this is the heart and soul of the town. And then a woman in the crowd by the name of Bonnie stands up and tells the story of Juanita Cordova, who went into labor on her way to Albany. She couldn't wait and gave birth to a daughter in Rutherford Falls. That little girl would become TV superstar Linda Carter. And he's like, there is zero proof that it's that Linda Carter. Someone named Linda Carter was born in Rutherford Falls. That's all they know. The real Linda Carter was born in Arizona, I believe. I don't I think Rutherford Falls exists. Although we, we couldn't remember Phoenix, where it was Arizona. in the scene, she says they were on their way to Albany. We probably could have tracked it from there. That is, well, we don't know how far. Maybe they were starting in Florida. <laughs> That's true, I guess, right? Like, if you're going to San Francisco from Boston, you're right. still on your way to San Francisco. Exactly. Maybe they started in Springfield. And then um, <laughs> this is when the mayor comes up and he's like, he's hoping that she's going to back him up a little bit here with all this craziness. And she just goes, I respect the voices of my con- uh, constituents <laughs> and, and walks away again. So everyone typical in the town politician. keeps. Right. Typical. And then uh, everyone in the town keeps chiming in and Nathan is starting to lose his patience. And he, this is when he finally snaps and he's telling them all to shut up. Shut well, your- before that, though. The I think the funniest line of this is, and this I was like, this is one of those like, did Ferg laugh at this? I feel like he did, where somebody was like, in a hundred years, I don't care about Big Larry now. And then in the background, very faintly, you just hear somebody go, "Big Larry sucks." I fucking lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like it's so clearly ADR'd, and they so clearly spent the time to like lower the volume and make sure that it was just sort of hidden. That's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah so like i said he, this is when he snaps he's like shut up shut your stupid pie holes and uh he tells them all that they don't get it they're not getting it because we know how important that's to him and then he says a bunch of years ago lawrence rutherford wrote and signed a legally binding agreement with the Menashankas, and that's why this town exists um he says that that's why all of you exist he says lawrence rutherford is our forefounder he's our adam and eve our tigris and euphrates and that statue, which sits on my family's land, commemorates all that he gave us. And if you don't get that, well, you're just an ungrateful boob. Ooh. I think I think it was really telling though when he said my family's land. That was like that's that. That's the in, line. That's the line yeah. that like. Yeah. That's when everyone. Ooh, okay. That's when. That's when he takes a little bit of a turn and he becomes a less likable character in that moment. So I, I'm starting to believe that um, this legally binding agreement doesn't exist. Because he could have used that to say, this is legal. You can't move the statue. Right. Well, I think a lot of that gets touched on later. I think that... That's part of my problem with this. So um, he also... that's going to be a longer than episode one problem. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. We cover episode one, and that's where I am now. (laughs) That's true. He also says that um, now he's not going to move Big Larry, and that if anyone disagrees, they can burn in hell. (laughs) (laughs) quite, Quite the reaction. And uh, when Regan tries to get him off stage, he says, okay, no, but I'm not done telling these people that they're wrong and stupid. <laughs> uh, such a beautifully epic freak out. Yeah, he just lost it at that point. And, like, at first you get it because he's he was so excited and proud about this moment and thought he was doing this big noble gesture by moving the statue. And then, like, it's his biggest fear, right? It's not about it, – it's just about his family's legacy living on. And that's what he's concerned about because no one seems to care. Like, it's the rest of his family doesn't even care. So this means so much to him. So to see that no one in this town cares about Big Larry or anything, um, something that's so important to him, it's like it's what really makes him snap. 
makes me wonder what made him care so much. If no one in the town does, where well, he grew up in this town with these people, his own family doesn't care. So who bestowed that all that onto him? That I just think he, he latched onto so it. It was just something in his family's. It's just like anything else. Some people are just more proud of that stuff than others, and yeah, it was his, there. If and, his family doesn't care either, like they wouldn't have been like. Showing him well, his siblings don't like. We don't know like where his parents sat on stuff like that. We just know that when it came down to like the next generation, he was the one who seemed to care the most. He's also a small town guy in his forties with no significant other, no yeah. kids. Like I think that this is just like a clutching at straws. I need to feel like I'm important, yeah, you know, or something. Something's meaningful in my life. That yeah, makes sense. And um, during this freakout, we see Terry Thomas, the owner of the casino, and he's one of the people just like sitting there and. As this concludes, he gets on the phone and tells his assistant to call an emergency board meeting. And then um, we cut to Nathan and Regan later that night, and he's still kind of in denial about how bad that was. And they're both just kind of hoping it will blow over, which then cuts. Although he says if you read it as a transcript, a lot of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's still defending that. It cuts to his brother reading through that folder that Nathan had him pull out of the wall earlier, and he just goes like, oh, shit. And I think this goes back to what we were saying a few minutes ago about, like, is this is there really a legally binding contract? And I think as he's rereading these things, I, I'm under the impression, because they don't tell you what happens, I'm under the impression that his brother found something in these folders that would tell you otherwise that they don't have the ownership that they think that they have. I wonder what made his brother actually read all the documents if he doesn't care. Well, he's probably just there. still helping his brother out. Yeah. Especially after two, we're going to see that this goes kind of viral. So he saw his brother do a freak out. So he's probably looking to try to help him bail him out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that, that could be part of it too. And then um, we also cut to an office in the big city where a woman who I'm assuming is a sister works. And she sees like the video of Nathan freaking out. That was like the introduction to her character. It's just kind of a quick blow by. And then we see a another person um, reading it online. And it was a... a a reporter, I guess. I don't. They don't really show you much at that time, but we find out a like little a bit later on. Or something. That's, yeah. that's the idea I got. And that's, that's when... Ted um, from Schitt's Creek. After he sees the story online, he's asking about the town itself. From there, uh, we cut to the emergency board meeting that Terry called, and he starts by telling everyone that years ago, this land was a metropolis of, of longhouses. Indigenous people had complete autonomy along the eastern seaboard. And then later he mentions how Nathan Rutherford really stepped in it. And while he feels really bad for the guy, it's opened a door of opportunity for them and they have to walk through it. And now it's time to launch Operation Running Lightning. And everyone on the board opens their binders that gets passed out. And one woman who's there uh, starts to read it. And then she also says, oh, shit. So I think the information that he's dispensing on all of them is similar to whatever Nathan's brother read when he's looking through his folder. That was how that episode ended, except they have a this season on, which shows you a bunch of stuff coming up in the future episodes, which I guess it That's depends. Like, what did they arrest the development us? <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's weird. Like, things like yeah. that are, for new series, happen a lot sometimes in the first episode, but, like, they could be good or bad, right? It, it's showing you a lot of what happens in the future. I I even struggled with, like, do we count this? Like, is this part of the episode? I don't count but, it. I, yeah, this is my, when we get to the green light at cancel, I'll, I'll say why that, that bugged me. All right. And, uh, yeah, we talk sometimes about this sort of stuff and I just don't think like HBO will do it right for a new show because HBO still goes week to week on shows. Right. 
So they'll do like a next week on or like a this season on to get you to be enticed to come back next week. Yeah. But for a show on a streaming platform that all came out the same day, it just seems superfluous. Yeah. It was like you saw the first episode. If you want to keep watching, you're going to keep watching yeah, at that point. Yeah, you either are or you aren't at that point. It's probably not going to change your mind. Yeah. Right. but uh, that cliffhanger didn't get you, it's not, you're not going to keep Right. And I think that's – I really do think that's where it should have ended. Um, So it is tough to like – do we include it? Do we not? But I guess for argument's sake, because if you are watching episode one along with us or watched it in preparation to listen to us, you would have seen it too. So I guess a couple of the big points are we see that um, they, the the tribe is going to sue Nathan. We see um, that Regan has an opportunity to join Terry in his efforts. And um, we also see that the reporter that had saw about the town enters the town and there might be a love interest between him and Regan. So those are a couple of the things that get flagged. And, and those are all the teasers for the rest of the season. But uh, really, it ends with the oh shit. But it's tough to ignore that after seeing it right after. So I guess we have to include it, at least mention it. Yeah, I would say mention it, but I wouldn't let it. Um, I wouldn't use it as a any leverage on what your decision is on the first episode. I was going to say, I mean? I don't do think we use that as I get, leverage? Uh like I was able to take my, I wasn't able. I looked at that. I didn't look at that scene as any bearing on my thoughts on the show. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should get into it. I don't know if anybody. Yeah, because I, I, I feel we, like we're done with that. Yeah, I don't right know now. if that necessarily would have affected my judgment one way or the other. But um, you know that that's just me and go to. I I could tell with you it obviously did. Uh, whichever way you go, it but, did it did. But um, yeah. Well, um. Anything else you guys want to talk about as far as the show goes or any of the other things before we get into the green light or cancel? Nothing for me. I think we uh, we we thoroughly hashed that one out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not much that I can think of to add on really other than um, the first Peacock exclusive show that um, that we've covered. Um, the, the We see a difference. Like we've done a few Netflix originals. This is a Peacock original and – I will say up front, like, I think there is a drastic change in quality when you look at these. These are still formatted where this could have easily been taken off of the streaming platform and just put on regular network television, and it seems like it fits. Where some of the Netflix shows have this taste of Netflix on them that, like, they almost don't belong outside of the streaming service. Well, I think that's Mama's low-budget TV show. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of the point with those because, you know, NBC owns Peacock. So in the event that they have a, a space, I would imagine that they would just yank this from Peacock and just dump it on NBC primetime in in the event that they need to do it. Right, but you know or what I thought was weird was... in the was, summertime as a replacement for something. Yeah, yeah They exactly. can always throw it on there. You and it's could, in, the commercial in breaks, theory, yeah, but this like this episode was 30 minutes long with no commercials. Yeah, I was going to say so, they would have to cut it down. Yeah, you'd have to cut There's this down pretty severely. They could cut out of this. Yeah, for they sure. They could cut out they, their commercial yeah, time. They could but, cut this out. But you're talking an extra eight minutes of footage. You know, like, I was surprised when I started watching. I'm like, wait, this is 30 minutes long? I just wasn't prepared for that. Just thinking I was going to get 22 minutes of episode. But that happens with a lot of these streaming shows where... Not only do they run past 22 minutes, but you'll see even from episode to episode, they all have completely different running times. I guess that's enough with that. And uh, let's get into the green letter cancel. I'm going to go in the order. I see you guys. Joe, I'm starting with you. Sure. So, look, this isn't my favorite Michael Schur or uh, Ed Helms vehicle by any means, right? But this is the kind of thing that I was really excited when it was coming on, right? It's 
it's mindless and it's funny and it's the kind of show that you like everybody on it and it sort of just plays in the background you know like i said we did watch it um if there's a season two i will you know i would watch that again i would watch another episode so it's just like one of those ones that don't have a ton to say we talked a lot about it it's just like i don't know it's a it's definitely a modern nbc show and i feel like there's a weird soft spot for those for me when i think back of the like thursday blocks of the office and parks and rec and 30 rock and this seems like something that would have got slotted in there so i'll green light this even though i had some issues with some of it gordo so i this is where my problem comes in as far as the episode itself i didn't like this show i don't know what it was about this show i just didn't like it the hook didn't grab me the characters didn't really do it for me it had a cup i i laughed a little bit but overall i didn't want to see a second episode until i saw the trailer for the rest of the season so it kind of gave me so any questions that i had it kind of started plugging those holes so I'm actually, I was unsure whether or not I wanted a green light or cancel this, but I'm going to go with just the television show and not the trailer. Um, so I'm going to cancel it, but the trailer does make you want to follow up. And I know that that's kind of the, the, the point of it, but if you have to show that in a streaming platform, to me, that just says that the show isn't strong enough to, to keep you and hook you. Ferg, cancel. This show brought me no joy. Um, I fucking hated every character. I was bored. For, I had a few laughs, but few laughs does not make it the show. Um, I was bored for the majority of it. A few little things I liked, and it just made me wish. Like It reminded me of a lot of other shows that just made me want to watch the other shows. I think the show wasn't good enough for TV, which is why they put it on their streaming network so yeah cancel nick yeah i'm with uh gordo and ferg here i didn't like any of the characters i didn't i didn't like ed helms's character i didn't like the story the story wasn't enticing enough uh, ferg kind of touched on it like i feel like they've pulled from a lot of different other sources for this content and all the other sources are just better there were a few lighthearted, funny moments, and um, but like Ferg said, that doesn't make a show. Uh, I didn't. I just. I was on the fence about maybe like very, very soft green lighting this show because I could see its potential, but if I'm going off, and I d- I also didn't like that the trailer was there. Like the trailer kind of fucked me up too. Um, if I'm ignoring that, I'm canceling it. I just there's just not enough there. I think it has potential, though, so it's one of those shows that I'm going to cancel, but I may give it another shot, uh, personally, to just keep going with it. But as of right now, cancel. All right, and for me, you know, I am I was a little on the fence as well, um, but ultimately, and I think I'm kind of unfairly doing this if I'm being completely honest and transparent, but I'm going to greenlight it, but I think that's for maybe unfair reasons, and I'll explain why. I thought the show was good enough. I wasn't overjoyed with it. Um, I would continue to watch it. I didn't dislike it. 
And I think what leaned me over the edge, though, was knowing that it is a Michael Shear show. And then I think about the other ones. And I think about The Office and Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and shows that I wasn't instantly sold on any of those shows the first time I saw them. So I know that once the ball gets rolling, it starts to pick up usually with, with their shows. And I think I am unfairly thinking about that stuff. But there is a part of me that's like, all right, it's going to pick up. There's more there. And like I said, I didn't hate the show. So it wasn't like such a cut and dry yes or no anyway. So I, I think just knowing that is what's pushing me in the direction of Greenlight It. Yeah, it was, it's a tough one because, I mean, if, if, we, if you go back and you look at something like Parks and Rec, I didn't like the pilot. So there is potential here. But I think the overall, the, the atmosphere in which this show exists doesn't have enough to give you a good story. Like, I can see them doing stuff with a small-town government and all these employees like they did with Parks and Rec. This one guy who's just, like, really obsessed with his past, living in a town that nobody gives a fuck about, I I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't get it. Yeah, no, and I get it because even, like, I think when you... All the shows we've compared it to, right, the other Michael Schur shows, I guess you would most closely compare it to, like, uh, Parks and Rec uh, as far as, like, the kind of town it's in and stuff. But Parks and Rec is presented a lot brighter and animated. Even uh, even early on, even though it was a little slow in the first couple of seasons, it was still like a brighter presentation. This town is kind of inherently dull. And really the only thing that livened it up are a couple of the side characters, right? So like Bobby and Miss Fish, who were both a little more fun and upbeat. Whereas um, the main characters themselves, you're not getting a lot there. I think there's something charming about Regan's character. I think um, there was a little bit there. I, I did like her character. Like we said with Nathan, like Ed Helms, we keep comparing him to Andy, but I think that's unfair. Maybe we just need to compare it to Ed Helms and just how he tends to act. Yeah. But but yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, I think there was just enough for me, but it wasn't clear cut. It was close. But with that being said, that's only two out of five so unfortunately for rutherford falls you do not pass you do not get a second episode so i am sorry for that it's the first cancel in a while i think yeah we had a couple yeah we're on a, on a green we're in good mo- uh yeah ever since i think mulaney we're on a pretty good run yeah <laughs> but uh mulaney was not getting green yeah light. So, everything's um, good compared to mulaney's so. yes <laughs> i'd rather watch this Maybe. than mulaney <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for those of you who want to go back to uh, Mulaney, we did John Mulaney's sitcom. Um, I think universally we agree that that is the worst show we've watched so far, and this is a show that we have covered no, Country no, no, Comfort. No, 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 we did not say the worst. We did not say it was worse than Country I think Comfort. It's worse you, than I Country think Comfort. you specifically, Joe, I think I could pull a clip of you specifically saying it was worse than Country Comfort. I also agree. I think it was worse than Country Comfort. I do, too. I think in my green light or cancel, I said I would watch this over Country Comfort. But I, mean, I would watch country, country Comfort over this. You know, the difference we'll, we'll, between we'll, we'll, Mulaney, we'll though, the and this that. show is I liked hating Mulaney. Like, it was fun hating it because we could laugh at it. Like, I didn't – I was this show was so neutral for me. I didn't even enjoy not liking like it. Like I said, it was it is, it is a little dull at, at times. But in any event, again, sorry to Rutherford Falls. You do not continue on. I want to remind all of you guys, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find the links to all of our social media, everywhere we can listen to us. Please rate, review, subscribe, do all that. I said it earlier. I'm saying it again now. Please, guys, follow our social medias. We enjoy interacting with all you guys. We appreciate the downloads. We appreciate all the listeners. Yeah, but we, we need the interaction. We need the social interaction. 
please follow us. Spread the word. It means a lot to us. But that's it. That's all the time we have this week. Catch us again next week. Thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Devo. <laughs> <laughs>